the year 2000. <laughs> oh, I wanted to do that. Sorry. Damn it. You are listening to Think Funny with Aaron Donnelly, Nate Sadler, and Matt Donnelly. For show notes and to check out Aaron's books, please visit AaronDonnelly.com. And now, the show that only thinks it's funny, the Think Funny Podcast. Welcome to the Think Funny Podcast. This is Aaron Donnelly. I'm here with my co-host, Nate Sadler. Hey, everybody. <laughs> and Matt Donnelly. <laughs> Hi, guys. Today, we're going to be talking about the future, basically technology of the future, something to think about, ponder what things are going to look like in the future. Let's go around. Do you guys think the future is going to be better or worse than the present? Uh, we got a projected We have a projected date. Like, let's do like 2080. 2080. Okay. 60 years from now. I think, I think it'd be better. I think it'd be better. I think just because of technology in uh, in health and in agriculture, clean up the ocean, technologies like that, I think are going to make things better. I think globally, personally, I'm not sure. It might personally be worse, but globally, I think it'll be better. Nate, what do you think? I, I think personally, it'll be worse because I'll probably be dead. <laughs> so, <laughs> so for me personally, probably not great. Uh, 2080, man, that's you're talking dystopian wasteland we future. Might, we might still be alive. We'll be just a like a like a hundred, just over a hundred. Yeah, I'm not going to live that long. <laughs> I don't know. 2080. I just picture kind of I'm, the world's going to be pretty much tapped of all its natural resources by then. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a big problem. There's going to be what's the world population going to be by then? How are we going to feed all those people? I don't know. I just there's a lot of big roadblocks that I see, right. but I think technology will be so far beyond what we can imagine maybe it it can handle some of those problems so who knows now do you think technology is going to keep expanding like if you look at the 50s and what they thought today would be we're not even close to it right we're right. flying cars jetpacks they can print a pancake with your picture on it though oh, that's i actually good. wanted to buy one it looks kind of neat so <laughs> we got that yeah they didn't know we'd have that did they they didn't the one thing that bothers me about future movies is that all the screens are see-through they're like holographic see-through screens and that looks annoying like i don't think i'd want that no you need no, some background like in star wars when the jedi council's meeting and yeah. like some of them are like calling in remotely yeah i don't like that either i i don't think it'll be like that i mean have you guys ever put on like vr goggles yeah yes mm-hmm. i think it'll be like that but way more sophisticated like maybe you won't need the goggles somehow so that's one of the technologies that will come is that now everyone carries around an an object, a phone. In the future, you'll probably just ha- be able to see it through a contact lens of some kind, an augmented reality, similar to Pokemon Go, but far more advanced, like the way the Terminator sees when he looks out. Because why do you need this big clunky device to carry around in your pocket? You don't really need that. You can just should be able to see everything. And that's coming, it seems like, pretty soon. People will be living in a different reality. But is that bad? I'd do it right now. Yeah. Um, just because it's a horrible way we're living right now. <laughs> I mean, why, why is that bad? I guess is the question. If you're, I don't think it is bad. I, yeah. It just depends on if reality is bad and that's better for you, then that's what you should do. So essentially. Yeah, I could really see like, maybe it'd be helping with mental health too. 
See, I think people think today, like we're living in this really technologically advanced society, but we're really not. We're really still in the caveman era because we're still living in a physical world. It's like we're not existing in a a virtual world yet. I still have to go up and make myself a sandwich. I still have to go to work. I still have to talk to people in real life. We're very much at the very early stages of technology. Um, Would a virtual sandwich be more satisfying? (laughs) Probably. I mean, if a virtual pickle of bologna sandwich. Yeah, I mean, I I just think we're at the very cusp of it. I don't think we're even close to because we're still living in the real world. Do you listen to the Joe Rogan podcast? Sometimes. Elon Musk was on maybe last week and he was talking about some of his things they're working on. And he said something about, I think he called it neural link. And it was uh, something they would implant in you. And I think in the beginning, they want to do it in people that have had like nerve damage or catastrophic injuries, you know, brain damage type stuff. And it will kind of work with your own nervous system Mm -hmm. and make it, he, he said, better than it normally would be. Right. And, you know, Joe Rogan asked him like, you know, is how far away is this? And he said, five years because we've already have for the last i don't know 10 years where you can implant something in someone's brain and someone can think and move a mouse across the screen mm-hmm. once that happens then it's a matter of time before we're communicating with thoughts which that's another thing he said he said uh within our lifetime you won't need to talk anymore which if you think about it talking is a i always say caveman-y when I think of things like this, but talking is. It's why do I have to move this these uh, vocal cords in my thing, my mouth to get out something when really it just should come straight from my brain? And why do I have to do this rudimentary thing to get myself to be understood? So yeah, Do I you think- want people knowing what you're thinking all the time though? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> There'd have to be some sort of filtration on it. You know what I mean? Because Well, unless everyone knew what everyone was thinking, then you wouldn't be embarrassed. It's almost like if everyone is naked and that's Mm, all you ever knew, then you wouldn't be embarrassed. And you'd probably have more empathy for other people and understand them. But how much of how many problems today are just from not just miscommunication, but lack of communication? Like me and Jenny talk about this all the time. Like she'll say something and then I'll take it wrong because I thought that she was meaning this. But if I could have just felt her thoughts, then I wouldn't have had that misinterpretation. So it's a lack of information that's causing a conflict because it creates a lack of potential for empathy. There's going to be advancements in technology for when to determine if something is still good to eat or drink. You're actually going to have like bump, they call them bump marks. They're going to be on food or packaged. It'll be a more accurate read than the date. So So how would that technology work? How would it monitor? Will it monitor the food somehow? Yeah. I think with milk, it's going to come first, like pH levels or something in the milk. The carton itself will be able to determine rather than a stamp on the milk. If you're looking 60 years out, there won't be milk. No. Thank God. Dairy farmers won't exist. They'll have done away with meat because right. I think that's what they're trying to do now. Well, is that bad too? Because, I mean, there's so much wasted energy with meat. And there is. that. I will never argue that. I yeah. understand the energy spent to create that steak or hamburger is more than mm-hmm. now if so. you could would you take like in the jetsons where they take a pill and that's like all they need to eat for the day <laughs> um if you could do that would you or do you like food enough where you'd miss out on you know that experience take the trouble. pill but i'd also want the pill to have some kind of a drug that would give me the full or eating experience the euphoria so you wouldn't miss the eating uh benefits i think that would be a great 
innovation for countries where there's a lot of hunger and food scarcity. So that goes back to like, if you just Google, is the world getting better or worse? There's tons of actual data that shows that it's getting better. These are you know real statistics. Extreme poverty has fallen. Even since 1987, it was nearly 35% of the world lived on less than $1.90 a day, and it's under 11% in 2013. That's a pretty significant drop in extreme poverty and not a very small timeline. Hunger is falling, child labor is down, people in developed countries have more leisure time, um, life expectancy is rising, infant mortality rate is down, all these kind of things as far as health and quality of life, including education is up, literacy is up. Another good thing probably is that democracy will be on the rise. Like I can't imagine China's government surviving to 2080 with the increase in education and in, in understanding and literacy in China. How can they keep a totalitarian communist government? going. I mean, democracy is the evolution of government for an educated populace. And so that's going to create more freedom too, now that more people are getting access to the internet. One of the uh, inventions I saw is expanding access, internet access to people um, through uh, hot air balloons can circulate around or like very small, low level orbiting satellites. So is there just a guy up in a hot air balloon with a a handlebar mustache? He's got a router and he's like, Holding it up. Just hold it. Gotta make it around the world in 80 days, see? So what about uh, deep fake technology? Still not there yet. I don't know. I think there's something very advanced in the human brain to recognize an actual human face. Because I think it's it's like very early development. It's what our brains need to develop a human uh, recognition of a human face. So I don't know. I can always, you can always tell pretty quickly, almost immediately if something's fake, even though they're close. I wonder if they'll ever get really there. I, I think they will. And I, I think it's really scary. I think they will get there. I think they've made advancements um, recently in, in the sound quality. So that jumps into the idea of advertising being tailored to you. And if you're living your whole life in this virtual world and advertisers can tailor to your actual brain chemistry, what your needs are, you can live, and I think we're already seeing this, you can exist in a world that's totally different reality than other people. So it's like people that already are self, self-quarantining themselves into certain avenues of, of the, where they get their news. I can't imagine the stock market lasting for another hundred years. It- now, during the pandemic, they've shut the, the New York Stock Exchange floor down and it's all run by computers. Well, it's just math anyway, right? Uh, I, I really like there to be a human element involved just to kind of keep things in check. But right. in the end, it is all numbers. I mean, if you want to just, I don't know, strip it all down. I, I was on the floor of the stock exchange. I've been on the floor a couple of times and uh, both times... What surprised me the most was that it's not like you see in the movies in the 80s where guys are screaming and there's a bunch of stuff all over the floor. It was a guy standing there with a cup of coffee at a computer hitting enter every once in a while. It's almost all done by algorithms and uh, a lot of microtransactions. He, he, this guy was telling us that people are build, people are putting their servers, I don't know, I'm not going to get this right, but basically they're going to put their servers as close to the stock exchange yep. building mm-hmm. as possible because yep. the billionth of a second difference in the transmission of the information to get to the stock exchange and back creates an advantage. And they can capitalize on that and kind of make trades kind of before the system can catch up.
I always talked about and like to think about that the big change that we'll see in the future is longevity and eradication of disease and how that will affect culture when we can live for hundreds of years. So there's genetic modification and there's uh, advanced uh, detection of cancer and other heart disease and other diseases, which really, it's kind of weird that we don't have now. Like, why do we not already have an advanced detection of cancer that you can go in every year and have it scan your body like it does in Star Trek? see if there's cancer developing in your body and get rid of it because the whole thing with cancer is just to get it early it seems like you could be able to fix that now but some some people say they already do have you know those treatments and they're just kind of keeping them under wraps because of how much money is involved in the healthcare system that logic has never made sense to me that big pharmacy and big pharma is squelching advancement because if one company got a hold of a like a scanning device that could scan for cancer and do this that company would be worth trillions of dollars like no one would pass that up but but well people don't make them money sick people make them money yeah but they they're not going to see that in the short term like they're going to go all in on something like that yeah i mean i can see it but it's kind of the same argument i hear a lot for uh you know like free energy you know people say that there's already technology for free energy but it's been kept under wraps because there's too many people with too much to lose to have free energy so no i completely understand your argument i'm kind of just more devil's advocate so i did see that a potential advancement in the uh are these smart needles you know like a needle you inject it into the spot and it can tell you you know whether or not whether the cell is cancerous or not a a better way to do biopsy so Mm. especially in those tough to reach places like i had a, a lymph node that was infected and i uh i in order to have a biopsy they had to go in you know, into my neck and, and, uh, take out the lymph node. Oh, yeah, it yeah. was between my, uh, the jugular vein and the carotid artery. I was like, wow, that's, I couldn't get in a worse spot. So I, uh, think the props to the a big ass slap to the doctor that did that for me. Okay, so then there is the whole thing about genome and DNA enhancement and whether the the ethics behind that. Uh, Also, potential terrorism on a genetic level. There could be other future potential terrorism to put something in the water supply that would affect pregnant mothers. Or Um, crazy billionaires that want to put things in vaccines and give them to people. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Just throwing that out there. Let it never happen. So yeah, obviously the capability of terrorists is you know going to go way up. But I guess the question is, will we still have terrorism if the world is educated and people aren't so oppressed and living in such you know difficult situations? Will even terrorism itself decline? I was reading one article about uh, the fight against superbugs because that's going to be a huge deal um, with all the antibiotics that are that people are taking that are in the water supply in, in the in the soil things like that. And I I was reading it and I think they put this in just to make sure you're paying attention. But they they claim there's this beach bums project where they swab the rectums of surfers uh, <laughs> so they can <laughs> for their antibiotic research. <laughs> I thought. This cannot be. <laughs> That'd be awesome if there's just a guy like waiting on the beach and there's like some surfers coming in. Uh, excuse me, sir. Uh, can I just take a moment of your time, please?
whole technology movement, it seems to be driven by data. And so the more data they can collect, uh, the better, which which is the alarming thing. I think it's what's driving you know privacy concerns with Alexa and these other ring doorbell and, and some of the other ways they can collect uh, information. I watched a show and they said that they have so much information about an average U.S. adult that they could almost recreate you like mm-hmm. virtually. Digital twin was one of the technologies yeah. I saw. Or recreate dead people. Yeah. Um, For voting purposes. So popular culture, a lot of it is based on, and that says so much about what the future is actually going to be like, but how vulnerable we feel in the moment now. So like the example is in the 1950s, there were alien movies and monster movies, and those were seen as the threat of nuclear war sort of transposed onto these fake uh, movies and and, and uh, fiction. I, there's something, I think, about the rise of superhero movies in the 2000s. I think people will look back and say that was psychologically popular for a reason. I'm not sure what it is, but I think there's something to it there. Mm, that's a good point. And we were talking before about um, about AI. Of all the technologies, that seems to be the most worrying to me. Do you think a robot could actually duplicate a human to the point where they could and that, you know, understand things like humor? You know, or right. Oh my god! I'm glad you brought that up. Have you guys seen any of the AI meme generator stuff? Uh The it artificially creates memes. Oh, it is so good! It is hilarious. Just Google AI meme generator. It's awesome. It makes zero sense, but it's (laughs) really good. But I mean, don't you think in 60 years they could? I don't think it's going to think like a. I mean, because Elon Musk talked about it last week. He's like you know, you're not going to design an airplane to fly like a bird. And I thought that was a good way of putting it. So you're not going to design an AI maybe to think like a human brain thinks. Mm. You know, you might, that be part of the equation, but I think it's going to be way, way, way better than us. Like you can't even measure it in certain categories. And then maybe like if you're talking like left brain thinking like humor or art type thing, maybe it can't quite grasp. I don't see why not though. Yeah. We need a we need a robot that uh, understands humor. Follow us in real time so it can tell us if it's funny or not. <laughs> <laughs> we need to create a Twitter bot that hates on our account, hates on yes. our Twitter account. <laughs> I know. I know. We mentioned that before. We should though. That would be because yeah. it'd be way funnier than one of us actually hating our own account. Just to <laughs> create a bot to hate us, yeah. and it writes things that doesn't make sense. <laughs> or just a bot that is just its own Twitter account that puts put other Twitter accounts down like incoherently. That'd be pretty funny, actually. That'd be pretty, pretty yeah. good. Yeah, I'll I'll get working on that. Get I got some Twitter day. ideas that have yeah. been spinning Just, around. All my head, it does so. is it tweets on other people's accounts or retweets and does put downs, but they're sort of incoherent. They don't really make sense. I bet you get a big following. I follow a few bot accounts like the Toto Africa bot. It yeah. Just ran- randomly posts lines from Toto Africa. Or like so. the it's F every name. And yes, I follow those. Yeah, <laughs> every word and f every name; those are pretty good. It gets a lot of likes, but sometimes you feel like just commenting. Okay, that's too far. Like, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> f cheese or something. <laughs> but I think uh, when it comes to AI, part of it will be. I think we'll probably be integrated with it somehow. Like the term transhuman is like human plus an augmented uh, brain capability of some kind of AI that will be 
integrated with our brains at some point to enhance our abilities. And so it won't be a separate thing potentially as much as we will be partial AI enhanced, which is scary too, but also potentially positive. Would you want that? Well, would you want to be able to know everything and be able to speak a new language, be able to in an instant just by having a brain augmentation? I mean, think about the abilities you would have. Especially at our age. When this technology comes, when we're 100 years old, I think we'll take it. It'd be cool to just plug something in and you instantly know it. Be like, duh, as soon as you unplugged it. (laughs) Feel yourself being dumber as you unplug it. (laughs) One of the things I did like, though, is there's this website that predicts the future and it can go out like a million years, you know, as to what things will be happening. and, And it's million years humans will be hairless it said so that's pretty cool like we're ahead of the curve <laughs> everything else in the society will be cured except for baldness now they're gonna cure it like right after we die it'll come out on the news <laughs> like we pronounce legally dead and then it'll no! hit the news i've told you guys before i think both you guys wear it well the lady when she was doing my hair transplants like you wouldn't look good as a bald guy she said I, that yeah she did <laughs> Because wow. she goes, you have a weird shaped head and you have this birth, birthmark in the back. She goes, there are people, she goes, honestly, that look better bald than they mm. do with hair. She goes, you're not one of those people. <laughs> Found some shampoo that I think has been working a little bit. So I'll send oh, really? you guys That's that info. Yeah, I'll take it. But in the future, Bosley will be like Amazon. It'll only be Bosley. Like Bosley will own everything. it'll be the first like hundred trillion dollar company and everything will be made by bosley and bosley governmental uh they'll have like their own senators and (laughs) we'll all look like uh chewbacca we'll just be all hair it's the ass slapping sports action and uh this week i think i'd stick with baseball and talk about taiwan the uh communist uh, professional baseball league taiwan yeah i uh, started baseball april but they just allowed fans uh for the first time it's the first sporting event to allow fans it's a thousand fans and then they upped it to two thousand fans uh today i believe are they all uh, sitting up apart from each other with yeah, masks they're all on? sitting apart from each other with masks on yeah but huh. uh, at least it's a start so huh. is that um, what the yeah. montreal expos were doing for years <laughs> <laughs> only allowing two thousand people in is that what they said <laughs> Is the Taiwan Baseball League the one that had all the cardboard cutouts of fans? Yes. Okay. Something I wonder if it'll survive this is the hot dog guy or the beer guy. Because think about what that is. Like getting food from person to person and then cash back and he's walking around the whole stadium. Oh, man. It's going to be so weird when we come out of this just to see all the changes that are made. Wish I could go back to uh, early or February and uh, do it like a bucket list, like a reverse bucket list, like things that I wish I could have done before this pandemic hit. No kidding. I feel that way every day. Like, I've never wanted to go camping in my life until I was told I couldn't go camping. You know, <laughs> yeah. this might prevent people from standing too close to you, though, which is a good thing. And uh, small talk, because with the masks on, yeah. you can't, yeah. uh, you won't have to small talk. If you go to my office every <laughs> once in a while, I ride my motorcycle in so I can wear the full helmet and gear and everything. I feel like a spaceman walking through. I go all in on safety. Like I have an airbag vest I wear, and I, I just bought Jenny one, even though she just rides a scooter. Yeah, if you ever give up motorcycling, you got to set that off just to see what it does. I have. I fell off my bike one time. Ooh. (laughs) I told you guys that, didn't I? I first got my motorcycle and I got the vest. And the vest hooks up to your motorcycle frame. And then if you, it has this thing, it pulls, explodes around you if you fall off the motorcycle. So anyway, 
I was at a stop sign and I just put my foot down. It was on a hill and I kind of went, uh, and I tipped the bike over and I, and I rolled off the bike and it exploded. <laughs> and so I'm like rolling in someone's front lawn, like a big marshmallow. And I'm like, Oh, it like, takes your breath away. It's so powerful. <laughs> and uh, I had accidentally called my son for somehow I hit the button when it happened. And he's like, hello, dad. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> pretty awesome. Thanks for listening to the Think Funny Podcast. For Nate Sadler and Matt Donnelly, this is Aaron Donnelly. Check us out on Twitter at thinkfunnypodc1 and email us at thinkfunnypodcast at gmail.com. Thanks. We were talking about Elon yeah. Musk. Sounds like a Walgreens <laughs> cologne After box. After Drakkar Noir went away, there was Elon Musk. <laughs>